Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hello, welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. I'm Davey. And I'm Aubrey, and we have a really powerful episode for you today. I yes, feel like do. I say that every week, every but this week? one is especially Oof. meaningful. I mean, they're all meaningful. Right. But Ryan Atkins, um, wow, his story of his life-altering accident yeah. is, is quite powerful, yeah. listeners. You're going to be really moved by him and his story. He has a blog called Flat on My Back. He's the author of One Step Closer, How a Life-Altering Accident Led Me to Everything I Almost Missed. And we'll come back after um, Davey's interview with Ryan to talk about the episode. But I mean, you will want to listen to yeah. it for sure. Yeah, there's some of those episodes that just take your breath away. And that, yeah. this is one of those uh, episodes Absolutely. that's going to do that for you guys because this interview is wow. If you are ministered to by this, um, if this has moved you in any way, inspired you in any way, we'd love for you to go and rate and review on Apple uh, Podcasts. That really uh, encourages us. We'd love to hear your testimonies. Mm-hmm. How cool would it be, Aubrey, if people in their reviews, they're like sharing testimonies and we're seeing Revelation 12 just... Oh, I love that. I mean, just let's redeem Apple Podcasts by sharing your testimonies of how this podcast is ministering to you or other people in your life. And, um, and, and so go do that. That would, that would help us out a lot. And we would, we would really appreciate that. Stick around afterwards. We're going to be talking about this interview that I have with Ryan Atkins and, um, and, and let's go ahead and dive in because you're, you're going to want to, man, this is just, this is a powerful, powerful conversation. So let's listen to this. Ryan, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Davey, great to be here with you today. I'm a big fan of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast and excited to talk to you today. Oh, man. Well, it's so humbling to hear. You know, we talked a little bit off air about the fact that you were already familiar with some of the stuff that we're doing as a ministry and you're part of the community. And so, you know, I, I didn't know you prior to seeing your story come across our our desk. And, you know, as soon as I read your story, I I was really excited to have an opportunity to talk to you because, you know, few people in this world and in history go through what you've gone through. And yet it's amazing to me that you have held on to hope and faith and even found a renewed sense of it as you've walked through that. And so I'm excited to hear from you yourself, uh, uh, this, this journey that you've been on before we dive in, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself right now, current present day and and where you live and what your family's like, and, and then we'll dive back into your story. Great. Yeah. So my name is Ryan Atkins. I uh, live in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, 33 years old, uh, been married for almost five years uh, to my elementary school sweetheart, Stephanie. Oh, awesome. uh, we, um, I'm, I currently work as a financial advisor. I uh, recently uh, released a book about my journey, uh, but uh, the past, past 12 years have gone have not quite gone exactly as I had planned as a yeah. young college student. And so uh, I've learned a lot about God in the process, uh, gained a new perspective, and uh, just hope to encourage others uh, in whatever, whatever pain they may be wrestling with in their day-to-day lives as uh, we move forward in this journey on earth. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, before we dive into your story, I have an extremely important question. Are you a Reds fan? 
Cincinnati Reds, yeah. Been, <laughs> been a big fan since 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 the early nineties. Unfortunately, yeah, was, since the big was red too, machine. Come on. <laughs> I, I was I was a bit too young when they won the World Series in ninety, but yep. uh, started rooting for them throughout the nineties. I know you're, awesome. you're only about an hour and a half away. So is that yeah? Is that where your no, fan well, came I'm actually, from? Well, I'm actually a Cubs fan, but my I grew up a Reds fan because my dad was a missionary's kid in Haiti, and so all okay. all they got were was Armed Forces Radio, which I guess was at the time was all the Ohio teams. So okay. he was a big Ohio State fan and a Reds fan and a Bengals fan, and so I grew up loving the Big Red Machine, right? Johnny Bench, Davy Concepcion. In fact, I think my name Davy. Might have had a little oh, bit of okay. a spinoff of that. I, just, I think my dad might have been inspired by that. But also, my favorite player growing up was Chris Sabo. Okay, okay. And so, I mean, probably none of our listeners will know, but Chris Sabo had the rec specs. And as a child, yeah. I had glasses, and I had to get rec specs when I oh, played ball. Awesome. And so I, Chris Sabo was my was my hero because of that. So, but I love. Oh, awesome. I mean, yeah. I do love the Reds. I love. It's just a nostalgic team for me growing up and stuff. And so. That's awesome. You're over in Cincinnati. Very, very cool. Well, you know, you just you just kind of alluded to this that the past twelve years have not been anything like what you thought it was going to be. And um, you know, I'd love for you to kind of take us back on that journey. T- talk to us a little bit about what life was like before this this accident. Tell us what happened, and and then we'll kind of uh, dialogue a little bit about your wrestling and your journey through that. Yeah. So I grew up in a grew up in a church going home. Um, I would have. If anyone asked, I would have said, "Oh yeah, I, I believe in believe in God, believe believe in Jesus." But uh, I it never really, I didn't I didn't realize the um, just how I think just how nonchalant I was about my faith. Uh, I ended up going to the University of Cincinnati on uh, a full ride scholarship. I was having the time of my life uh, at 21 years old, enjoying everything about college life, uh, involved in student government, uh, excited about job prospects. Uh, and I, I mean, at 21 years, 21 years old, I thought, what could be better? This is everything yeah. I dreamed of, and my, my future is going to plan out exactly how I've laid it out. Mm. Uh, so the fall and fall of 2009, um, I was on the way to a college retreat and lost control of my vehicle. Mm. Uh, quickly flipped over multiple, multiple times on the side of the road. And next thing I know, I was stuck in the bottom of my car. Uh, I had, was unable to move anything. Oh, was hard time breathing. And I laid there in the crushed car wondering, is this it? Is this the end of my life? God, wow. like, please spare my life. Um, in, the, in the ensuing hours, I was helicoptered to a local emergency room. And it was quickly deemed that I had broken my neck, and I was paralyzed below the shoulders. I was told I would be on a ventilator for life and that I would never move my arms and legs ever again. And it was in that moment that everything that I had known and believed quickly, quickly got turned on its head. Yeah. What in the world do you do in a moment like that, Ryan? I mean, like, you you know, in in overnight, your life is completely transformed turned upside down. Um, and now you're receiving this prognosis that, you know, normal functionality, everything that you thought life was and was going to be indefinitely for you is now not, I mean, how do how do you, how do you even absorb a moment like that? Yeah. So 
you would think it would be devastation or uh, just feeling feeling terrible, feeling like, oh man, I want to give up. But honestly, I might at, at that point in my life, uh, with how confident I was in myself and my abilities, it, my response was almost defiance. It was, eh, I don't care what you say. I know I can work hard. I'm in control, and I'm, I'm going to prove you wrong. And so, and so the next the next year or two, I spent all my energy, um, all my energy on physical therapy. Um, I took a break from college. I, and I spent hours a day on just working on my body, my arms and legs, and yeah. um, just trying to get everything moving and seeing different specialists and trying different types of alternative medicine and um, seeing doctors all over and thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix this because I'm in control yeah. and I can work hard. And, and yeah, I, I'll, I'll pray and God will meet me along the way and I'll give him credit, but ultimately it's up to me and my abilities and my power. Mm. So after... After about a year, um, thankfully I was able to get off the ventilator. Thankfully I was able to learn to eat again and breathe on my own. But, wow. but my, my body wasn't improving beyond that. And I came to the point where I was at physical therapy and I looked down at my motionless arms and legs. And all of a sudden I came to the breaking point of thinking either my life now is completely meaningless or there's a much bigger purpose that a God has for my life. Wow. And that's really when my spiritual journey began, recognizing that I'm not in control and I, I don't have the power that I thought. Wow. Wow. Okay. So let me back up for a second. So let me and kind of get this straight. You were, you were on a ventilator for how long? Uh, about two months in the hospital. Okay. Two months in the hospital on a ventilator. Um, you were having to eat through, uh, I'm assuming maybe a tube or something? Yeah, a, a feeding tube for, for about three months. Wow. And thankfully, I was able to be able to breathe again, be able to eat again. Uh, but yeah, in terms of the rest of the body improving, and that's kind of where it uh, where it stopped in improving. Wow. Wow. So, okay. Uh, you know, I know that there was a, that was a major turning point for you spiritually, as yeah. you're coming to this reality of like, okay, maybe I'm not in control the way that I thought I was. But before we kind of like talk about what the Lord started doing in your heart there, how would you describe your relationship with the Lord prior to this moment? I know you said you grew up in kind of a, in a church going home and stuff, but right. can, you, can you dive a little bit deeper into maybe your theology or your philosophy of life going into all of this? Yeah, so... In college, if, if someone would have asked uh, what I believed, I, I would have said, oh, yeah, I believe in God. Um, Jesus died for my sins. But but if someone actually pressed me on that, I, I probably wouldn't have even understood what that meant. I, hmm. I didn't recognize my brokenness. I didn't recognize my need for a Savior. And it, it really took me coming to the end of myself before I recognized I needed a power outside of me. Hmm. And so... Uh, yeah, I, I thought I was in control and I thought that, you know, with my abilities and my, my work ethic, I'm going to, I'm going to make a name for myself. And even after I got hurt, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to beat this just because I'm going to work harder and I'm going to prove them wrong. Yeah. And so maybe giving a lip service to God, but, but ultimately there was no sense of surrender at all. Yeah. Wow. Do you, um, 
do you recall in that first year, you know, as you're trying to fight your way back to this, as you're trying to kind of white knuckle it, feeling like that you're in control, do you, do you recall having moments where you were angry with God, where you were upset, where you, I mean, what, what was that, you know, what was that, what, what was the internal battle that was going on inside of you? Were you blaming God for this? How would you describe that? Uh, yeah, honestly, there wasn't really any anger or blame. I, I just figured it was a, it was going to be a small setback. Okay. Um, and ultimately wow. it was, was going to be about me and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take control of this and I'm going to, um, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to improve on my own. Yeah. Um, not, not necessarily anger at God, but, but definitely taking the credit on my own. And I'm, it's, this is in my power and my abilities and my, my work ethic. Wow. So then the reality sets in and, uh, you're faced with, you know, confronted face to face with this idea of like, okay, I'm maybe what I thought my ability to come back from this, maybe that's not going to happen. Talk to me about that turning point. What, what ended up, what kind of wrestling and struggle did you have there? So yeah, I hit, hit my breaking point, uh, thinking, okay, I, I need to face the reality. I, I am paralyzed below the shoulders. And according to this prognosis, like nothing is going to change. And so that's really when I began to really began to dive into trying to figure out, okay, what is it I believe about God? Uh, and I just started opening up scripture and was quickly drawn to uh, the healing of the paralytic. And immediately my shift went from, my focus went from, I'm going to work on my own to, okay, I'm going to get, I need to get God to heal me. Mm. And so I began praying for healing and I'd start studying healing scriptures and um, just you're really becoming focused on it. I'm going to, I believe that God can heal. I believe he's going to do it for me and just kind of figuring out, oh, there's got to be some formula in the gospels of how to, almost like twist God's arm to give me what I want. And it, yeah. it, it, it's almost as if God, God used that, that hunger and desire for healing while I was seeking healing. Um, I ultimately encountered the healer himself. And that's really when I recognized my need for, for savior. And he's, uh, I, he's much bigger than just healing my, healing my spinal cord and my physical body. He's ultimately has, saved my soul and that's mm. immensely infinitely more important than this temporary temporary uh body we're here in our here in on earth mm. yeah isn't it interesting you, you know you look through the gospels and you see jesus um walking about the towns in capernaum or tiberius and he's healing all these people with these ailments and yet you see over and over and over he addresses a spiritual need as well with a lot of them yeah you know um, it, like our, our, the, the, I mean, I don't know which one you were referencing, but you know, the, the paralytic that came through the roof and he said, son, your sins are forgiven. And then the Pharisees are all, you know, talking or think they're actually thinking and Jesus heard their thoughts, you know, like read their thoughts yeah. and he goes, well, you don't, you don't think that, that I can forgive sins. Well, just so you know, I'm going to also say, get up and walk. But it's like, he addressed that spiritual need first before he addressed anything else. Isn't that, and that's crazy. Yeah, that all, you found that you know that he addre- he was addressing that in you as well yeah and that's and that's really what it took and i and i think you know if, if a year or two after my accident i i'm back on my feet and it's oh hey god 
Mm. God delivered me, and but ultimately I worked hard. I I think I never would would have recognized my brokenness and my need for God beyond oh, will you just fix this so I can get back onto my life with my mm. with my priorities. And it really took the next few years of just uh, learning and growing. And uh, yeah, recently I listened to your podcast with Daryl Strawberry and he, mm. he talked about the seven years that he was almost kind of just stowed away where he was learning, getting discipled. Yeah. And I, I feel like there was really a journey for me soon after my accident where um, I was just learning and growing from uh, just diving into scripture and, wow. and, and really just unpacking this faith that I, I thought I had, but I never really knew the, the depth of my need until all of a sudden I was confronted with a situation that I couldn't, I couldn't fix on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan, this is no, this is no small thing. I mean, your life has been completely changed. Like, I mean, and every single day, uh, menial tasks that most people are able to accomplish, you're, you're needing help from people and you're, you're, it's a challenge, you know? I mean, and yet I'm sitting here looking at you and if, if all the listeners could see you right now, you, you've got this radiance, this, this smile on your face, this joy that doesn't make sense to me in my like yeah. natural state. You know what I mean? Um, how, how, do, you know, this, it seems like a surface level question that could yeah. warrant a surface level answer in that, Oh, it's Jesus. But the reality is, is there a lot of people who have Jesus that face difficulty and challenges that are far less than what you're facing. And they don't express the, they don't express joy. It's not apparent on their faces. You're expressing it. It's apparent on your face. I want to know why. No, that, that's interesting that the word you use joy. Uh, I, I think cause that, that was a passage that really, really gripped me early on of, Consider pure joy when you, when you encounter trials of various kinds. And I would read that over and over again. I'm like, what? Come on. How are we supposed to do that? Yeah. Um, like, like grit your teeth through it or, or, you know, you know, get your chin up, but like joy, that, yeah. that seems like a, a total, it just seems backwards. And I, I think as, as my journey continued and, and I began to recognize the, recognize the opportunities that God opened up for me, uh, whether it be uh, with sharing my story with others and talking about uh, what I was learning about Jesus through through pain. Or uh, I began, I started writing on a blog and I started getting connected with uh, people with spinal cord injuries and other oh, wow. ailments from all over the world. And I really began to see, okay, yes, like my day-to-day -day life, it's, it, it's hard, it's frustrating. Um, yeah. I just... I, most of the day I'm laying in bed. I get up in the wheelchair for a couple hours until my muscle spasms and shoulder pain just gets a little too much. Uh, and it's, it's been very frustrating. I'm relying on people to feed, to feed me, to, um, to clothe me, to, um, to do essentially everything I need throughout the day. Uh, but I'm also recognizing that in those difficult moments, the when, when we're at our, our lowest is when God meets us in the middle of it and he, and he'll comfort us and he will give us a hope that goes beyond some temporary fix that, uh, I mean, even, even I talked about the physical healing. Yeah, of course I want to be physically healed. Of course I want to get back on my feet and 
and hold my wife's hand and um, not sit in a wheelchair all day. Um, but in the meantime, I believe that God can use a store for good and can um, can reveal himself through through the trials that I've faced along the way. Pain is unavoidable. And yet, the primary place I see people get stuck in their pain journey is that they try to avoid addressing it altogether. Recovery starts the moment we choose to take that first step toward wholeness and we lean into the painful emotions. While we believe we have so much to offer as a ministry to help you in your recovery journey, we know there is one area that you need that we don't directly provide, and that is traditional counseling and therapy services. That's why we partner with Faithful Counseling. They are an online worldwide organization that provides virtual counseling from wherever you are. They have licensed therapists who are certified by their state's board to provide traditional mental health counseling from a Christian perspective. You can receive the help you need quickly when you sign up because they match you with a counselor in 24 hours or less. Then you can connect with them anytime via your computer, tablet, or mobile phone through video calls, phone calls, or text messaging. And if your counselor you are matched with isn't a good fit for you, you're able to switch at any time to find someone who better fits your needs. To be clear, Faithful Counseling is not a crisis line, but it can be an incredible resource in your healing journey. It costs $65 per week, and financial aid is available to those who qualify, which you can apply for during the sign-up process. To learn more, go to faithfulcounseling.com slash nothingiswasted. If you sign up through that link only, you will receive 10% off your first month of counseling for being a part of the Nothing Is Wasted community. Again, that's faithfulcounseling.com slash nothingiswasted. And now, back to our interview. In a second, I want to ask you about some of the insights that you learned about the character and nature of God and how he interacts with us and interacts with you. Because I just, I believe that pain is a classroom and I believe you've walked through a master's degree, if not a PhD, you know, of this first though, you bring up an interesting point about this healing. And I don't want to lose track of this because, um, I think it was with Vanitha Reisner. We had her on the podcast a while ago and she, she kind of brought up this paradox between delivering grace and sustaining grace. There are times that God heals and he delivers, and then there are times that he brings grace to sustain. As, as you're wrestling through that, you know, you went from this one place of like, I'm grit it, grit my teeth, white knuckle this. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to have this, you know, resilient heroic story of getting back up on my feet. Then you went to, okay, God, I need you to heal me. And so now I'm going to pray really hard and I'm going to discover everything I can about healing. And I'm going to believe that he can heal. Right. And now you've probably gone somewhere, you know, in this kind of the tension between the two of those things of recognizing that God can heal and deliver. And yet, um, he may not, how do you, how do you walk that line? How do you kind of thread that needle and, and help us to, you know, if someone's listening to this and they're going, well, I believe that God can heal. And if he doesn't, then he's not good or I'm lacking faith or, you know, kind of talk through some of the, the journey that you had to go on where you started creating these objections in your own head and you were wrestling with God about healing versus not being healed. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a great question. I, I feel like one of the, 
one of the aspects that really really kind of helped shape my mindset in that realm uh, was reading some of the words of James Stockdale. And I, mm. I believe you, you've talked about his paradox a bit on your podcast. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, with the James Stockdale, he was an admiral in the Vietnam War. Yeah. And he's a prisoner of war. And he's really trying to figure out how do I persevere? How do I, how do I, how do I get through this torture and beating, not knowing what's going to happen to me in the future? And, and he got to witness many other people that gave up or lost hope or, or for a variety of reasons, just, um, just were unable to do it anymore. Yeah. And it's interesting to, to hear his reflections afterwards. He says, I never lost hope that ultimately I would be delivered but it is imperative to, to recognize the brutal realities of my current situation. Yeah. Um, if, if we, and, and again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but, yeah. but that's not pretty, Kelly, pretty spot said, hey, on right there. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, yeah, as well, I remember uh, the quote, I'm like, man, you, that's like, you almost like you're reading it, Ryan. Well, well, done. Yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I wrote a lot about his work in, yeah. in my books. So I, I, I gotta make sure I, I've had to make sure I've had that quote, right. But yeah, yeah I've, I've learned a lot from his work. Um, a lot, a lot from uh, what, what he, what he said about that, and um, I, I wrestled with that on my journey quite a bit through a variety of of happenings in the first few years after my accident. Um, I, I, my fiance at the time, or my fiance and I, were were thinking, hey, like we we really believe that I, I'm going to be healed by the time our, mm-hmm. by the time our wedding happens. It was seven years. We planned it for seven years after my accident, and we, we were we were planning on that. We were we were yeah. operating in faith. We were planning ahead, moving forward as husband and wife, fully able-bodied, mm-hmm. and it's going to be great. And we're going to move forward and talk about this this amazing testimony of what God had done. And when that when that day came and nothing changed, my physical body, I quickly I plummeted. Mm-hmm. And I, I was confused. Like, I, what, what, what was I thinking here? Um, I must have, I must not really be able to understand what God's up to or what He's saying. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that Stockdale talks about that as well. There were a variety of guys that said, "Hey, you know, we're going to be out by Thanksgiving." And they'd mm-hmm. wait, and they'd wait, and it would pass. We're going to be out by Christmas. And they'd wait, and they'd get excited, and then it would pass. And, yeah. and he says, so many of these guys just died of a broken heart. Right. And in my in my experience, I I quickly I plummeted and that I actually um, soon after our wedding ended up in the hospital once again. And um, it was kind of touch or go whether or not I would make it. But thankfully was delivered and uh, I've been able to reflect on what what had happened over the past years. We're we're still trying to kind of navigate the. The trauma from that and wrestling with God in the midst of it. Um, but I think it's, it's crucial to continue to have hope and believe that a better day is coming, but we, we just, it's imperative that we acknowledge the realities of our current struggles and situations. Um, if we really want to move forward effectively. Wow. So, you know, in some ways, I mean, it's, it's natural human tendency to think about almost putting deadlines on things or, or, or putting, yeah. you know, hope into certain things. I mean, I, th- I think just this, in just a very trivial way, I think about like, 
oh, the next vacation that I have planned. Let me just kind of push through the next vacation and then we're yeah. going to get a little reprieve and we're going to be able to rest and we're going to. And so it's like natural human tendency to, to earmark a date on the calendar somewhere in the future and hope for that or hope toward that. And, um, you know, it's, I, I imagine it's, it's gotta be extremely difficult to fight against that natural human tendency. And in some ways taking it a day at a time, a moment at a time and trying to find the joy in each one of those moments. Definitely. And I, I think when you mentioned looking on the, the calendar moving forward, I think, I think that's something that I've really has been tough to wrestle with uh, because when I look at the calendar moving forward, um, there are not a lot of things that I'm really able to do right now. I'm, I'm kind of stuck at home. Yeah. Most of the time I'm in bed most of my day besides a few hours up in the wheelchair. And um, while, while I, I enjoy, um, obviously enjoy um, spending time with, my wife, I'm excited about certain opportunities uh, work-wise that have come up recently, um, but just the day-to-day is still very tough. And I, I feel like, I feel like that that need for a hope in the future that, that's actually formulated a lot of my ability to persevere and have joy in the midst of it. Because um, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna look at this trial and this life through the lens of an eternal perspective, then my view on everything is gonna be different. Yeah. And I, I think of Second Corinthians when we we focus on not on the the seen but the unseen. Um, right. We're we're able to live with hope when we're focusing on the eternal. And I I really I found that embracing the power of an eternal perspective has really changed everything for me. And and recognizing wow. that this this small moment in time, yeah, I'm paralyzed and it sucks. I hate waking up and not being able to do anything and having a nurse get me ready for the day, uh, but. Um, I also know that uh, I'm going to get to spend millions and millions of years in the presence of Jesus yeah. um, with a rich inheritance that doesn't spoil or fade. And so, yeah, the day-to-day may be tough, but I'm able to persevere, I think, more effectively yeah. uh, when my hope is on the unseen and not what I'm seeing in the, the physical realm right now. Yeah. Man, that's so good. And kind of, you know, some dark moments of, of my own life, I've thought about that idea of just how it, it seems like what we go through in life is preparation in a lot of ways for heaven. It's a it's a yeah. training ground for it. And, you know, it seems like the, the more we put our eyes on Jesus, the less, again, I mean, it's the old hymn that says the, the things of this world begin to fade, the, the less less important, the less tied we are to these things of this world. Um, and, and I think that a lot of times this, the hardship that we go through, um, it kind of squeezes out some of that, that joy that we would be attached to here on earth or the happiness, the temporary high that we would be attached to here on earth. And, and it really forces us to discover a truer, deeper, richer joy, you know, and, um, unfortunately it's pain and hardship that kind of catapults us into that, you know, um, we don't normally philosophize about that kind of stuff. If everything's going well, we're totally content with being here on earth. C.S. Lewis, he says, God whispers to us in our, in our pleasures, but he, he, his pain is his megaphone to a deaf world. And yeah. I think that's, 
we, we don't want the pain, we don't want the suffering, but ultimately that's when we grow and that, that's how that character is built. And, yeah. and most importantly, when we're, we're, we're uh, pushed to our knees and recognize our need for our savior. Yeah. Man. Wow. Ryan, what, what are some things that, you know, as you were really diving in, um, after you had that reality where you're like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be healed. And you, you said that your spiritual walk just started to go to another level and God began revealing things to you, um, about who he is. Um, what, what were some of those things he was teaching you? What did you learn in this or what, what have you, are you continuing to learn, but what are some major, um, major lessons or tenets that, that the Lord's taught you in this classroom of pain? One of the biggest things that I, I learned um, early on after my accident was um, just how just how God defines success differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I when I was in college, I was really just fixated on oh when I'm you know, I'm going to move forward, I'm going to get this great job and um, make a lot of money and make a big name for myself and and, and everything was would be measured by status and net worth and mm. um, what I was able to do in my own power and so. Uh, after the accident, all of a sudden I'm in a position where uh, I can barely even stay awake to finish class, yeah. let alone have a, be able to hold down a full-time job. Uh, I am uh, move have to move back in with my parents, and it was just this very humbling season of just being stripped of so many things I was able to do and uh, being reliant on other people. Uh, but what's interesting is that when I start to follow Jesus, my perspective is, shifted, well, I'm not going to wrestle with this anymore. I'm not going to have to worry about um, chasing worldly success. Well, pretty soon after I start to, I start to write and I start to speak and I'm all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh, well, how many blog hits do I have? And how many books am I selling? And how many people are in the audience? And, and I really had to, it had to come full circle and recognize, okay, my identity is not tied to what I do or produce. My identity is to uh, who I am in Jesus, and yeah. it it doesn't matter what what the world deems as success, uh, because yeah. I'm I'm a child of God, and I, yeah. I love the story of Mary and Martha. Uh, Martha's trying to get all busy and doing stuff around the house, and come on, Jesus, have Mary needs to help me with this, and and Mary's sitting there listening to what Jesus has to teach her, and he says, "Hey, she's chosen what what is better," and yeah. and she's resting, and and in him and learning from him and it's not about it's not ultimately not not about what what we produce that that doesn't define who we are yeah hey friends davy blackburn here want to interrupt this conversation just briefly to draw your attention to our brand new bonus episode for September. We bring on one of my favorite people in the world, Josh Weidman. And if you recall, he shared very vulnerably about his struggle with anxiety uh, as a pastor, as a biblical counselor. Oftentimes the weight of carrying other people's burdens can come crashing down on you. And that's what we talked about in episode 150, but I brought him back to have a deeper conversation. Josh is the pastor of Grace Chapel out in Denver, Colorado, which happens to be a Nothing is Wasted partner church. They run our Pain to Purpose course, and Josh is an incredible, incredible guy. 
Let's take a listen to a little clip from our conversation before I tell you how you can access this bonus conversation. We have things in our past that often will impact how we interact with other people and make us nervous on how to interact with other people, nervous on how to be vulnerable, um, how to have relationships. And so anxiety does come and it can be overwhelming and um, people aren't exactly sure how to deal with that. In order to access this conversation and all of our other monthly partner content, head over to nothingiswasted.com slash partners and sign up to make a recurring tax-deductible donation of $20 a month or more. If you're hesitant about making a $20 a month donation, you can sign up for a seven-day free trial to preview all the content that we have under our partner program. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash partners. Now back to the interview. Right. I resonate with that a lot. You know, that's probably my biggest propensity too, is to keep trying to achieve or accomplish or produce or, you know, um, and, and it's very easy to justify that when you're thinking about, Oh, I'm doing things for the kingdom or I'm, you know, really helping people or, you know, and it's, and it's, it's so easy to get caught up in that slippery slope, um, where you wake up one day and realize, wait, I'm just struggling with the same exact thing as I was struggling back then still wrapping my identity up in the wrong things. Right. And, and what Jesus is inviting us into is rest. And no matter where we are in life, no matter what, you know, what we may be experiencing, he's inviting us into rest and to, to trust and, and be still as a child of him. And that is the most, I feel like the most difficult thing for us as humans to really wrap our, our minds and our hearts around. Right. Because the world, the world celebrates very different things than what matters to, to God. And so yeah. it, that's what we see on social media and that's what we see praised um, on TV and what, what is held up yeah. as the ideal life or the ideal um, values. And so, yeah, it's, it's a temptation every day for all of us. Yeah, my wife and I have been on a journey over this past year trying to figure out how to slow down. And I feel like that life has picked up faster even when we've been in, intentional with trying to slow down. You know, this we read the... Um, uh, the ruthless elimination of hurry at the beginning of the year. And we're trying to think about how do we just keep our pace really slow? And what you realize is that the, our culture doesn't value that our culture we're we're inundated with this culture that says, no, you, you are someone that's important. If you are hustling, if you are, uh, you know, achieving, you're accomplishing. And, you know, if you're, if you're talking to somebody and they're like, Hey, how you doing? And, and you're like, man, I'm just constantly in this great state of rest. <laughs> just always, always just resting. Why are you being you know, so they'd lazy? Look at you be like, wait, what? That's exactly what we think. Well, you're being lazy. And yet this is what Jesus invites us into. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, it, as difficult as this is to, you know, kind of wrap around this, this, this paradox right here. I'm, I, I hate that you have gone through what you've gone through. I can't imagine going through that. And yet what I'm sensing and feeling is that the, the voice that you're going to bring to the kingdom is this voice of a hey, slow down and rest, this Mary type perspective that says, sit the feet of Jesus. This is all you need. Yeah, it is all we need. And yet there's still those temptations sometimes to, yeah. to measure, to measure who we are based on 
what what the world deems as valuable. So yeah. I think it's it's a constant struggle. And uh, but but what's interesting is that you know you know your journey and my journey of pain and suffering may look may may look very different, but this is still an area where we both wrestle with, and I think that's so true for so many people. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. So you started writing. Uh, you were blogging quite a bit at the beginning. How did you do that? So I, I use a voice software. Uh, okay. I, I just speak. I speak into my computer, and it, it dictates it out. Uh, it was pretty difficult to, to figure out at first, but now it's almost second nature, and I, I, I can use the Internet. I use my email, social oh. media, um, and ultimately I was able to use Microsoft Word to, to write my blog posts and, and ultimately... Uh, later on, finish a book. So it's it's wow. been it's been neat just the technology that has allowed me to um, one um, still be productive, um, but two stay connected with people. Uh, yeah. Voice software, um, I mean, video hangout. Like it, it's really opened up a line of doors for me with um, with work, with friendship, um, and just just trying to like trying to just stay productive and connected with people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you know, as you're blogging, you start putting all this stuff together and people are reading this stuff. And then, you know, just like you said, you've got this book that you have released and t tell me a little bit about this book. What, what's in it? What, what can our listeners expect when they pick it up? What, what are, what are your hopes for it? Yeah. The, the book is one step closer, how a life altering accident led me to everything I almost missed. And initially when I started writing this book almost 10 years ago, I thought, hey, here's what, here's what this book's going to be about. I <laughs> got hurt. Uh, I worked hard. I got my miracle. And now I'm back to right where I was and um, didn't miss a beat. And by the way, God does miracles. And uh, soon realized that that was not exactly um, the turn that my, my story was going to take mm -hmm. and had to navigate quite a few uh, battles along the way and uh, confusion with God, wrestling with pain and suffering, wrestling with, okay, okay, I thought I was going to be healed by my wedding day. Now what do I do? Does my life still have purpose? Can I move forward with, with, uh, with a new perspective? And ultimately, what, what I would love uh, for readers to gain from this is um, to really embrace the power of an internal perspective. Um, when, we, when we view our life through the lens of eternity, um, everything changes. Uh, my, yeah. This physical body and, and pain, um, yes, it's frustrating, it's hard, it's difficult, but in the lens of eternity, this is just a blip on the radar, and I'm gonna, no matter, what's hap no matter what happens, I could, I could get a miracle tomorrow, I'm still yeah. gonna die, I'm still gonna be buried, yeah. and yet I, we have the assurance of uh, perfected, resurrected bodies for eternity. Um, right. if, if we worry about our resources, our homes, our money, retirement accounts, well, yeah, that could, as we saw in the past year, that, that could take a dip in overnight. Um, that, yeah. that could, we could lose that. That's not, there's no sure thing there, but God has yeah. promised us an inheritance that doesn't spoil or fade. And that, that's something that we can, uh, that's, that's, that is what is worth putting our hope in is um, the eternal kingdom that God has planned for us. Uh, and and as, as we know from, some script, from Scripture that um, the, the, the greatest pain and suffering in this world does not even compare uh, to the glory that will, will come to those who believe in Jesus. Yeah.
That's so great. I was, you know, thinking about uh, kind of the thing we talked about a little bit earlier in this conversation, this like date on the calendar, you know, that you're looking forward to or that you're putting your hope in. And the reality is, is there is a date on the calendar that you can 100% put your hope into. And that's the date that you see Jesus face to face. Yes. And we've, and we all get to experience the glorification of our bodies. We get a new body that um, it's not going to fade. It's not going to deteriorate. And we get to live and reign with him forever. I mean, that, that gets me excited. That's, that's, that's worth putting our hope in. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I imagine that we're all going to really appreciate that. But I also imagine Ryan that like, you're going to appreciate that so much. You're going to, when you're, when you taste that, you're going to experience a, a facet of God that a lot of us are not going to experience because of how grateful you're going to be in that. And, you know, it's the, the ironic thing about pain and suffering is that when it comes to an eternal perspective, the different, uh, insights and, and facets of God that you experience in that pain and suffering, um, are enviable, right? People, people, envy. Yeah. I remember people saying that to, to me, you know, and they'd say, man, I, I really would love to experience God and the closeness that you're experiencing him. And yet none of us ever want to go through what we have to go through in order to experience yeah. that kind of closeness. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to think, oh man, I wish, I wish I would have been more serious about Jesus in college. And that really would have changed the pr- pr- trajectory of my life. It's like, it, it took the, the hard moments to, mm. uh, to get to that place. And, and like you yeah. said about that eternal perspective. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I love the, I love what, what CS Lewis calls this life, this life on earth. It's like mm-hmm. one bad one bad night in a hotel, and yeah, yeah. And we we have all of eternity to, to enjoy the presence of Jesus and and be in our resurrected bodies and and yeah. be in the community of believers um, from all over the world and all of history and that's that's exciting and that gets me fired up and I I love talking to others about it and I yeah. that that's one hope I really have with the book is to just really really inspire people to to think eternally and. Uh, recognize just how fleeting um, the things that we put hope in, we put our hope in on this earth are. Yeah. That's so good. I love that. I love that parallel that CS Lewis draws this one bad night in a hotel. I don't remember yeah. if he draws it or not, or if I've heard it somewhere else, but you know, that, that means that it's, it's temporary. It's a, it's a temporary stay and we're not going to go and change the curtains in the hotel room that we stay in. Yeah. We're not going to go and change the carpet. We're not ripping it up and renovating it. Like that's not what we do. We stay in it one night, might've been a bad night. And and then we move on to our final destination. Yes. And that that's where our hope is, is in heaven. Okay. I have one more question. Let's I, hear it. You, you talk a little bit about this concept of suffering aggressively. And I'm never heard that phrase, never heard those two okay. things put together. I, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Suffer aggressively. What does that mean? Yeah, so I, I think when we, when we, when we embrace suffering, I we have, when we face suffering, we have we have three options. We can give up, and that looks like that looks like either proactively ending our life or just just totally checking out. Yeah. Um, we can. Um, I think the second one is we can just passively wait for time to pass by, hmm. uh, and that looks like just turning on the TV or just just numbing our mind with, with, uh, social media or the news or, uh, alcohol, drugs, whatever it is, just, to, yeah. Hey, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna coast through because I can't deal with this and I don't want to face, um, what it is that I'm that ultimately that what's in front of me. I think that yeah. the third is to suffer aggressively. And that's, 
And I think that's, that's the most difficult. Uh, but I think that's what, that's what God calls us to. He says, yeah. God says to, to run a race with perseverance. And along the that's way, there's going to yeah. be very, very difficult days. And that, that means like, hey, you know what? There's a, lot, there's a lot of tough stuff I have to face today. But am I going to um, aggressively approach this in a manner of, hey, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to show appreciation to those that are helping me get dressed today or those that help me get in my wheelchair. I don't yeah. want help with that. I don't want to need help. I don't want to like, I want to do it on my own. I want to drive to work. I want to shower myself. But for where I am right now, that, that's the reality I have to face. And so yeah. um, I need to, I want to, I want to treat my, I want, I want to treat my wife well with love, like, like she deserves. I, I want to, uh, I want to, even if, even when I don't feel like it, I want to start the morning in scripture and see what, what, what will God, what can God show me today? What, what can I learn about his character? And ultimately, how, how can others be, be blessed by this? And uh, it's, I think, I think suffering aggressively is, it's about pushing forward even on the toughest days uh, to figure out what, it, what is it that I can learn about God through this and how can I use this to be a blessing to others in the midst of it. Wow. Well, Ryan, your, um, your resilience is inspiring. Your faith is inspiring. Your joy is enviable. I mean, uh, I have a, I have a, a new hero after this conversation. I really do, um, admire your attitude on the journey that you're on and your faith, your, your perspective of eternity. And it's something we all need to be reminded of to set our eyes on eternity and not put our hope in the things of this world. And so I'm, I'm so thankful for, uh, the message that you're carrying right now. Um, I'd love for our listeners to get connected to you. Is there any place on the internet that we can get connected to you? Can we follow what you're doing and the stuff you're writing? And, and of course we want to make sure that everybody picks up the book one step closer. Yeah, definitely. So I can, you can find me on Instagram, Ryan S Atkins. Um, if you're interested in the book, uh, I, there's a, a free chapter. Um, if you want to check out the first chapter for free, see what you think. And you can find that at read And we'd love to, yeah, we'd love to connect with, other members of the community and uh, um, hopefully just spur one another on to uh, just running after what, what God is doing through our pain and suffering. That's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you so much. Thanks for spending some time with us. Thanks for what your uh, the encouragement that you provided for all of us today uh, truly is inspiring. So thank you. Well, thank you, Davey. It's, it's been great to, great to talk to you today. I've really enjoyed um, hearing the podcast um, just over the past a uh, year or so. I uh, really have enjoyed some of the interviews, uh, just very different perspectives um, and different different aspects of pain and suffering. So appreciate it is what appreciate what you do. And uh, uh, I believe that I believe that many people are blessed through your work. So thanks, brother. Thanks, man. You know, Aubrey, there are some conversations that you just you walk away from and you're like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I, re- I don't know what to say. And we've had a handful or two handfuls mm-hmm. of, of those, you know, on the nothing is wasted podcast. And, you, and right. you would think as many times as we're talking with people about their story and about their pain, that they're, you know, that we're not surprised by a whole lot because we've, we've seen it all or we've heard it all or, yeah. you know, and, and I don't mean that in a trite way. I just mean like, we're ready for it. We're, mm-hmm. we're ready to absorb mm-hmm. that. But this one, you know, I don't know what it was. We, uh, we walked out of the room 
uh, after recording it and, and I just, I didn't have words and mm. I looked, I looked at Christine. I was like, I just don't have, I don't have any words right now for this. Yeah. It I was, was uh, deeply, it was moving. Yeah. I was so moved by, um, his testimony. I was moved right. by, by his hope mm-hmm. in the midst of what appears to be for all intents and purposes, a hopeless situation. Right. Totally. And, and, and sometimes there are those situations where I know, I know our, podcast is called the nothing is wasted podcast but if we're real i mean if we want to be <laughs> honest there are times yeah. where we look at situations that happen and we hear stories where we go that just seems absolutely wasted that seems senseless like why god right there are absolutely like that's too much god that's too yeah. much god why 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 absolutely i mean and yeah. i i think that's our listeners do need to hear that that there are yeah. some some episodes you and i come up against and our uh, podcast producer, Taylor, yeah. who's been on the show before, she comes up against and we just go, okay, Lord, whoa, we're choosing yeah. to trust your sovereignty. But this one is a real brutal one, and it's hard to see your hand in yeah, it. it is. And, I mean, we see Ryan's faith, and I think that's right. God's hand in it, but it is certainly one of the harder episodes right. to listen to. And, and I think what that tells me is that, you know, I'm outside of Ryan, right? So I'm not experiencing right. the Holy Spirit in him and what he's yeah. experiencing, other than seeing his countenance and hearing his, mm. his testimony of his faith. But it, it one it encourages me that the Holy spirit can show up like that for him. That's right. Because that means whatever I go through, the Holy spirit will show up for me. And there's going to be it again, a peace that passes all understanding. Mm-hmm. It guards our heart and mind. Yeah. It's not going to make sense to the world. Right. right. People are going to look at us as we go through the things that we go through and they're, they're going to go, ah, how, like how in the world yeah. are you still standing? And, yeah. and I think that reminds me when, when I, when I come up against conversations and stories like Ryan's, it reminds me that although a lot of people come to us as a ministry and, and you and I, as these podcast hosts, and they're expecting us to kind of have the answers for them for pain. We don't, right. <laughs> except for one person, his name is Jesus. Mm. Amen. And we're going to run up against situations where I don't have an answer for this. I really don't. Yeah. And, and yeah. I just, Jesus, that's it. Mm. And there's no other right. explanation. And you have to fall back on Jesus or you will, there really is no hope. Like right. I, I think, you know, I, I know not everyone listening has had such severe trauma like Ryan had, but I, I think anytime we're faced with the difference between what feels like a tension between hope and reality, yeah. where we're believing for healing or believing for a dream to come true or believing for some opportunity to open, whatever it is. And it just seems like the Lord is not doing what yeah. we've been praying for and believing for. And right. maybe even someone told us God was going to do that prophetically, or maybe right. we felt like we heard God say that, but then reality is just showing a different story. I mean, that is ultimately, you're right, Davey. That's when we have to be like, okay, even if my situation doesn't change, yeah, God alone is enough. Yeah. Jesus is my treasure. Like not Jesus and benefits, not right. Jesus and blessings, Jesus alone. And that is a hard, that's a, that's a real faith. That's a right. raw faith. That's a fighter's prize faith, right. but that's not easy. No. Um, Except at the end of the day, that's the call, right? right. That it's all about Jesus. Yeah. And I think that faith, that kind of faith is only one produced and revealed in these kinds of situations. Mm, Davey, that's so true. Right? When, yep. when we have everything stripped from us, yeah, everything, it really does reveal where our hope lies. Yeah. Because I find myself so many times, I'm saying I'm... My hope is in Jesus, mm. but really and truly my hope is like, if I really go down 
to the to the core of where my hope is, it's in this particular situation or what I think Jesus right. is going to do for me in this totally. or what I, And so, so I think true. disappointment and the whatever this on the spectrum of all of that stuff, loss, yep. grief, it it really does reveal to us this is this is where your hope is. Yeah. Yeah. This is where your hope is. Mm. Right. One of the things that I appreciate Ryan's perspective, he kept calling us to have an eternal perspective. I can't remember exactly his phrase, but something like the power of an eternal perspective. And I was really moved by that because I think I even tend to focus on God's kingdom now, what God is doing now, God at work now, God, you know, the inbreaking kingdom of God now. It's not a bad thing. No, that's a wonderful thing. thing. Yeah, we do live in that already not yet tension. Like God's kingdom is coming now. It's not yet here in full. So it's it's wonderful to look for those deposits of God's kingdom on earth. But there was something I think really uh, convicting, honestly, hearing him remind us that that in a lot of ways, our call really is to keep eternity um, in perspective, to um, remember that our treasure ultimately is eternal. That's great. Right. And it's not just the blessings on earth. Right. Yeah. I mean, to keep on the forefront of our mind that how glorious it's going to be. Yes. When we are no longer living in the already, not yet, but we're living Mm -hmm. in the already. Can't wait. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yes. Oh no, this is finished. This is fine. Like it's, it's here. Yeah. You know, and, and, um, and, and we are, we are completely restored. Like Ryan's going to appreciate that more than, <laughs> more than most of us. Probably that's accurate. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, you know, I mean, there's these situations in life where like you appreciate that quote unquote drink of water because you haven't had it in so long, mm. way more than if it's in abundance right in front of you. Yeah. And you know, it just, that conversation reminded me of all the things I take for granted. Mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And I think, I mean, Ryan, thank you as you're listening to this. Seriously, Ryan. Thank, thank you, you for your faith. Thank you. For, I mean, it was, it was so inspiring to me and it's so, it was so moving to me that he's been inspired by this podcast and these conversations, but I'm like, bro, your faith, yeah. your resilience, your yeah. hope. And His witness whew. is just very, very, very powerful. Yeah, it's, it's moved me. Whew. Well, you know, one of the things that we love to do here at Nothing Is Wasted, beyond just giving you the the good, good content that's in these podcasts, these incredible stories, is also we want to really equip you to partner with God the way that Ryan has. Like yeah. when all feels lost, we want you to turn to the Lord, turn to Jesus, yeah. because ultimately he's the one who transforms our pain into purpose. And so if you want to go to nothingiswasted.com, you can find out more about some of our resources. Of course, we have the podcast here, but we also have the Pain to Purpose course. That's for right. churches and individuals. Right. You can hire a certified guide, someone who has walked through pain and will uh, walk you through your own pain journey. You can also yeah. join a community group. A lot more there for you. And again, that's at nothingiswasted.com. Yeah. Um, and I w- want to make sure everybody remembers, Aubrey, your book released this month. Super excited about that. And so make sure you pick up a copy of Aubrey's book. Um, We're going to continue to feature it some more on uh, Instagram. So you can follow us there at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. Uh, We're going to have some giveaways there. And we're going to um, also make sure that you know about those giveaways in your email inbox. Those giveaways as as well as many others. We have a lot of other authors that we have conversations with and we give away their books and other resources. Sometimes we give away the Pain to Purpose devotional. Sometimes we give away an entire Pain to Purpose course, lifetime Lots access to Lots of fun it. giveaways. Lots of fun stuff. So make sure you subscribe to our email list. You can follow me on Instagram at Davey Blackburn. You can follow Aubrey at Obsamp. And finally, we want to thank Sleeping at Last 
for providing all the music for the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Go and listen to his music anywhere you can download or stream music. And then next week, we're joined by Crystal Payne. She is a New York Times bestselling author. Yeah. She's well known as the money saving mom. So I think right. some of you mom listeners, you might know her might name already. Her. It's going to be an incredible episode. Yeah. So let's go ahead and take a listen to part of Davy's conversation with Crystal Payne. If you had told me eight years ago that I was going to write a book that had parenting the title, I'd have been like, hmm, you got the wrong person. I don't talk about parenting. <laughs> but I also didn't know that four years ago I was going to just really hit rock bottom as a mom. And one of my kids was just going to go through a really, really, really hard season. And through that season, like the title of your podcast, Nothing is Wasted, I look back and see how God used such a broken place, broken spaces to really change, remake me and let his light shine through so many cracks. And then he kind of just, I had to go back to the beginning and relearn how to parent, but also relearn how to be loved by my heavenly father so that I could love my kids well. 